Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. To the sweet sounds of Kevin Bloody Wilson, and thanks to you, you the listener, and thank you so much to our listeners who have done the hard yards, who have bought a Christmas card, a personally signed Christmas card, have bought a crap stubby holder, have bought a coffee mug, have bought a t-shirt, and kept Swanee busy, basically. Thank you, and welcome to Hump Day with Swanee and Friends. Hello, Dane Swan. Hey, you going? They've ruined Christmas for everybody I bought them for, so... It's a bad Chris Kringle gift, isn't it? Very bad one. Did you used to do that at the pies? Chris Kringle Knock about my own Fucking stubby holders No I didn't No I figured that Didn't have any Until you decided to make them <laughs> It was It was the uh, The idea of the person Who we can't, we can't name Yeah uh, No we We didn't do I can't No not that I've Took me out I can't remember no. uh, Just before we We introduce this week's friend mm. This week's friend uh, We're in studio Sam Newman Who's on the way out the door Another huge show Sam And a huge show uh, Sam bit in the dust Has she uh, Samantha's, uh, as in Sam, you, Sam, yes. her, Samantha. Uh, yeah, she's uh, she's on reconnaissance in, in Sydney fighting the bushfires. She's on stress leave. <laughs> okay. Doing the last fuck with Is that a week? euphemism well. for the fact that you flicked her? <laughs> no, no. No, she's, no, no, she'll be back. She's in Sydney. She's Good. She's in Sydney. She yeah. is the, uh, she's the on-court chick at the Sydney Kings. Really? She dances with the, uh, what, are, what, what have they got? What's she's their mascot? I think she's the MC. She, she yeah. dances? Well, as in... What is the Sydney Kings, a strip club? What is it? That'd be the NBL team. The, what the, is it? The NBL team. Oh, oh basketball. Yeah. Christ, and and, and record true. crowds now, and we say thanks to her. Yeah, of course, if she dance and I'm going up. <laughs> <laughs> and what's, the, what's their mascot that we've seen photos of Sam no, put a, on? A king, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. Yeah, a yeah. king. Yeah. Wow. The Sydney Kings. <laughs> Wouldn't that be their muscle? <laughs> well, Lion King? I don't know. What would it be? So you taped Sam, Mike and Don before we start. Yes. I, I got here half an hour ago. Yes. And just the, the 20 minutes I copped was, yeah, I enjoyed listening to rather. Um, just, just roughly talking about an article <laughs> in the paper. Was there other stuff? Or just basically um, just grilling Mike? No. Um, Mick took exception <laughs> that Fiona Byrne um, uh, outed him by saying he and Rex Hunt had made up. Mick right. was at pains to say he hadn't made up with Rex Hunt and they were both at loggerheads and I said, well, lighten up, Mick, surely, uh, Fiona. And no, he tore Fiona a new one, uh, if you'll pardon the expression. And um, 
Uh, we also then pointed out how childish Don Scott and Jeff Kennett were being about Don not accepting his legendary status that Jeff offered him. That went on and on. <laughs> And the conversations I've had with both of them are extraordinary. If you think about where we live and how trivial all this is, so so you didn't do a lap after after you retired, though, Swanee. That's no. sort of similar to not knocking back being a legend, isn't it? Ah, uh, well, I just couldn't be fucking going final day sitting in a, <laughs> sitting in a car and doing a lap. And Collingwood weren't planning this, so why would they give a shit about me? And it's interesting. Interesting, you use the word fuck. <laughs> Because Jeff said he couldn't give a fuck who was on our show, and I said, "Do you know what fuck means?" Now this is true. This is yeah. fuck is an acronym for it means for unlawful carnal knowledge. So it's not even a word. It's like Qantas, which is an acronym for an aeroplane, Queensland and Northern Territory Aerial Service. So I just say that. So fuck is quite. Appropriate to say because it means nothing. An acronym yeah. as opposed to a spooner. Tell that to someone who you say I'm going to fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's an acronym. It's usually as nothing. As opposed to a spoonerism. As, as opposed to a, a spoonerism, of course. Do you know what is, spoonerism is funny. No. A spoonerism is when you transpose <laughs> the wrong words. Does like saying I've never heard anything more relifeless than all my dick. <laughs> <laughs> That's a spoonerism. That's a spoonerism. What I wanted to ask Sam was, uh, or bring Sam in, when you played to the Bali Gecko, Swanee represented the country about three weeks ago again. In the what? No, just, in, just Bali this time. Just Bali? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's a proud Bali Indian? Balinesian? Yeah, Balinesian. That's an Indonesian. Is yeah. Bali in Indonesia? Yeah. yeah. So what I wanted to ask you, because so when, you, when you've, and you've done occasionally just, just giving back to the community when you, when mm-hmm. you just join the club. That's what I do. How hard is it when you when you're out in the middle and you have to remember someone's name? Because I assume me being just a hack foot, suburban football, but you still got to call for a ball and stuff. Plenty of mates out there. Mates, mates, mates. Yeah. I, I, I'm not. I don't want you to think I'm transitioning, but you look actually very. You've done something to your hair, have you? What have you done? I'm you've just just not wearing a hat. That's what it is. <laughs> I've never seen you without a hat. There you are. Yeah. So, so that's you, extraordinary. You, you, you as opposed to, yeah. yeah. You, you, you strolled in. You, you're able to cope with not remembering your teammates' name. Well, I didn't remember. I didn't know half the teammates I was playing with at Collingwood. So it's going to. Ah, that brings me to Sam. What's it like rem- forgetting, forgetting your teammates' name? Go through that with me. <laughs> no, I made an error. I was. Uh, I forgot a teammate's name while I was um, captain of the club at Geelong and I was introducing him to the umpires which you used to do in those days. The umpires yeah. used to come into the rooms and you used to introduce your team to the umpire. Then he'd go to the other opposition rooms and then they'd go out in the ground and we'd play. And I forgot one of the names of the people in our side. I said, Jeff Crouch I think was the umpire. I said, Jeff this is um, hmm. I said why don't you introduce yourself to Jeff? And he said, you've forgotten my name. I said, I have. That is possibly the most embarrassing thing I've ever been. I've been involved in a few embarrassing things. That was it. Uh, The most embarrassing thing I've ever been involved in, I was out at Greg Evans' place celebrating his 40th birthday and there was a woman, and I'm standing with him and another bloke, and there's a woman in front of us who was leaning over and had a re- reasonably big posterior. <laughs> she had a fat ass. She did. <laughs> I, and men have fat asses, so yes. this is not sexist. No. But she was a woman. Yep. And I said, uh, just as an aside, I said, 
if you put a saddle on that, you could ride that into the city. <laughs> and the bloke said, that's my wife. <laughs> and that was the end of the party. <laughs> Me at the party. <laughs> Greg speaking to the guest at the party. <laughs> the woman... Their marriage, that was the end of the whole shooting match. And we limped home and I thought, what the fuck have I done? So it just shows you. That player, by the way, was Gerald Fitzgerald, who later became a Victorian. Yes, Gerald. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah. Look, it's, it's, um, uh, it's embarrassing. I've spoken to Gerald. Well, I've spoken to him. He doesn't yeah. speak to me. Gold he said, who are you again? I said, yeah. good one, Gerald. I yeah. like that. Uh, Thank you very much, Sam. Right, hang Thank on. you. Thank you. Uh, now, we have, a, we have a, a guest friend here, Swanee, who, who made an appearance on our first series, just on the phone, though. Yep. He's a, a former Paralympian, a very, very good man. The only way he can be on this show is to be a good bloke, which is not a gender-specific term. You can be a lady and still be a good bloke for us. Mm-hmm. And Don Elgin. Hello, Donnie. G'day, mate. Right. What did we get you on the phone again? Can we remember? Oh, I think... But he's putting his... Oh, well, I know. I thought, well, he told us a story. Yes, but prior to that, it was because of Eddie Maguire was being... Oh, yeah. Pillaged. Oh, that's right. Some moron was having a crack at Eddie about the uh, no, it was, coin was toss. Several hundred morons. Well, that, uh, shit happens. Yeah, society's full of oh. several. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. But you were fantastic. Yeah, he started in good form too because he clipped me about wearing thongs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Only because I can. Yeah, I know. So I've, I've, read the, I've obviously read the room wrong today. I've walked in and <coughs> got me thongs on. And he's He's whipped me about wearing thongs because he can't. So I'm just we're off to a good start. One leg's not there and the other one's got shit toes on it that can't hold thongs on. So every time I see tongs, I actually get a bit bloody excited. <laughs> Nothing well, to be scared of. So. And, and, and that's it. So like you sort of got, got uh, for those who don't know your story, Donnie, uh, so, so Swanee's great career ended with, in his words, a life-threatening foot injury. Uh, and yours, yours failed to start, basically. So, you know what? On that, on that so, note, Swanee, I've got something for you. Uh, thanks, mate. It, it's... A, th- a foot It's my baby leg I, I bought oh, this in Because I figure Your foot's fucked So yeah. this is no good to thanks, me It's mate. too little And just just on that What are the parameters Of being a Paralympian Because with, with, with my foot yep. I don't think I'm far from it <laughs> You're a chance here And my mental state oh, <laughs> And my mental capacity You can just start With being an amputee We'll yeah. take it from there Yeah <laughs> It's just as mate, It's as good as It's as useless To me right foot yeah. Well, Oh shit I've just given you A left foot oh, yeah. <laughs> That leads, can there be an urn in it? Because basically, there's your starting point, isn't it, Swanee? Yeah. Well, nothing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Nothing for nothing. Well, is there an urn in being a Paralympian? <laughs> it might cost you a bomb, but <laughs> that's all right. But you can make a bit on the side. Yeah. So, allegedly. So, so depends who's asking. People who don't know your story, what's the, what's the backstory of Donnie Elgin there? You, uh, you became a. a um, well, you became Paralympian, but you, you started in life without actually uh, your foot. Yeah, I had a head start, mate. I was <laughs> born without the below half my left leg. My thumb was missing. My fingers were stuck together. Had open heart surgery at about three years of age. But uh, really for me, where the win was, was my mum and dad and their attitude was just stiff shit. It's not growing back. Let's just roll. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much how I've grown up, just having a crack. So I call bullshit on a, on a, few, a fair bit of stuff, actually, because I just think people are a bit soft. And, you know, when you, you spend time, it's not about me not being soft but when you spend time in the children's hospital and these sort of places you you get a decent reflection of what how shit life can be and so when someone in my opinion you know is taking it a bit getting a bit too precious then I don't mind just pointing that out so it's been good for me 
I started reading your book last night. It's a cracking read, one foot beyond the podium. And the, the weird, the weird uh, uh, thing you don't expect to read is because uh, from, from obviously you're born without your foot, so you had to get straight into surgery and then go down that path and you can speak yep. about however you want. But you learnt perspective very early in life because at least you knew why you were going into the kids' hospital and your likelihood of just going in, getting your up and then leaving... I know it's not a simple procedure, but compared to you were seeing kids in, in terminal states. Oh, mate, we I'd seen people that didn't make it out of hospital. Yeah. And when you're a kid and you start seeing that, you just think to yourself, shit, oh, mine are physical and you can see it and you go, geez, if he can't make it, what bloody hope have I got? You know, I've got a few things going on. And that sort of, that's a great, um, I suppose, uh, barometer because it just helps you keep checking in and going, well, shit, if I've got one good leg, it's better than having no good leg. So mm-hmm. then you stop whinging about the bit that's not there. So, yeah, I, I think hospital really painted a picture for me about the reality of life like because you can we can paint a picture instagram and social media we can we can make any picture we like but you can't bloody hide when you're in hospital you're you're there not most people don't go in for the food just quietly ralphie so (laughs) (laughs) i've just as an aside i've seen the world's biggest rot uh a couple of uh a few weeks ago uh, to visit my father-in-law in hospital $15 $15 a day for the worst, shittest TV. Oh, yeah. Mm. If you... What? Hey, wrong hospital. <laughs> I went... My mum is doing a bit tough and, and g'day mum. I went in and she's she's in Peter Mac, right? And mm. the the situation is you're not there unless you've got cancer. So she's yep. she's getting through that and we'll be out the other side hopefully all on next year firing. Anyway, my sisters are there and we've sort of got a bit of a thing where when one of us starts, it's game on. So I thought... You know what? I'll make shit interesting, and I've you got full access to the internet, and it comes oh. on the screen. So I've just put porn in. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> so up it pops. Mum's almost had a baby cow. Donny, get that fucking shit off the TV. <laughs> and my sister's gone. Donny, you dickhead! It's a cancer ward. Right. Anyway, next day I'm not there, and the lady comes in. And she goes, oh, I'll just check on your history and what, because you can put all this information. My sister's in the hospital, almost in the bloody fetal position. <laughs> goes, fucking porn comes up there, I'm going to kill him. So, oh, I had a bit of a laugh. <laughs> Absolutely. And, what and kind of porn did you search for? I just went to Swanee slash porn. Are you going to see that? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. Hey, uh, so, and, and about the difference in, in time be- between being disabled in the 70s and being disabled now, because as you say, people like catastrophizing things, and things have never been worse of all time. Can I put this to you? Having no skin in the game, you've got only skin in the game. Has mm. it maybe not as, well? Not as much as you. What's that? Skin. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, actually, right. we were comparing notes before, yeah. and I'm probably not far <laughs> off. <laughs> but uh, but it's probably never been a better time to be disabled in 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 terms of. The way you looked after, the way societies makes a real effort now to be so inclusive, and the way Paralympians are now part of modern sport. Now, now I know this is a is podcast that, that gets listened to by a lot of people. I'm just going to put a community service announcement out there. Kids, no matter what's going on, do not go home and chop off a fucking leg because this, there are better times yeah. Yeah. to be without it. So, no, uh, there's no question. I mean, the NDIS has been a game changer, what's the that? National Disability Insurance Scheme. And so when people say, what's that? The good thing is that they're not exposed to it because if you're yeah. not exposed to it, you don't bloody need it. Simple yeah. as that, which is great. But the reality is, for me being born without my leg, 
I got legs that the government would give you under what's called the free limb scheme, which is like the government is going to give anything away. It's the base model of anything. So to be a Paralympian, there's a fair chance you need decent legs. You need, you know, to be able to run on a on a leg like I've just shown you there this morning is is useless. I mean, I grew up playing footy and that type of stuff. But the truth is, if you want to run at Paralympics, you need a blade, you need, you know, Osser and the manufacturers in this space are are next level. So today, like one of the boards I sit on is an organisation called the Start Foundation. We literally raise money for amputees that don't have access to those funds to be able to go and get an artificial limb and that type of stuff. So... It's definitely, and also look at the Paralympics. Like the the integration we've seen at the Commonwealth Games, we've done it beautifully over the last three or four, you know, probably about ten Commonwealth Games. We've seen athletes with disability competing on the same on the same spotlighted stage as the, the able-bodied counterparts. But particularly the Paralympics. I mean, next year Paralympic year, it, we will get to to meet and be exposed to people with disabilities that are literally changing lives because kids look at that and go, shit, I want to be like that. When I was growing up, mate, no disrespect for you footballers who are bloody awesome, but I wanted to be a footballer because I didn't know there was a Paralympics. I didn't know there was a level playing field for somebody like me. I just thought, I play footy, I'm going to be like bloody, you know, my heroes growing up as a kid. And yep. uh, But now I go, shit, I'm growing up, I have got a leg, those bikes don't have a leg, they run fast. I could represent my country. So when you were talking about your uh, your Bali mm. representation, <coughs> mate, I was getting a bit excited for that, going, shit, maybe there's hope for me to play footy yeah, for the country one day. Absolutely. You never know. You never know. Well done. We've got a lot in common. Oh, mate, well, well I've, I've, have you represented China as well? I represented the Philippines, <laughs> China, <laughs> Indonesia. You've got mate. me covered. So, mate, exactly. I've um, only been to three Paralympics, four World Champs, two World Cups. You have, I'm telling you. You've been to the Asian Championships in... In Pattaya in Thailand, mate? Oh, I did sneak yeah. over there and have a look. Yeah. Pattaya's a different part of the world, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it's hey? not well. Yeah, yeah it's very yeah. cool. But, um, yeah, you've represented, what, one country? I've represented about five, yeah. so... Hey, who am I? Yeah, exactly. So, there you go. Yeah, you, you, you've overcome disability to, to represent the country. Swatty's gone to Vegas how many times? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> He's still representing. Yeah. It's a, it's a big effort. It. So, what's... Well, what, did, for the people there, what did you actually represent and how did you go? How many? Yep. Give us your rundown. I went to uh, the three Paralympic Games and four World Champs. So I competed in the pentathlon. So five track and field events rolled into one. Shot put, discus, 100, 400 and long jump. But all at the same time? All in the same day. So not say, at the same Jesus time yet. That's a hectic sport. But I tell you what, when you see people walk into the dining hall and you look and go, shit, what are they doing? And they're actually just trying to walk and get some food. You realise that, you know, the world is literally full of people and disability doesn't discriminate, mate. It, it, uh, it can present to really smoking hot people can have, you know, one leg missing, yeah. for example. Oh, um, a bit like yourself? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, yeah. but then you can have some shock. It's like it, it literally, that's what I love about it is most people that get to the Paralympic game, in reality have worked out that life can be pretty shit and we're going to play sport so that's pretty cool part of it so yeah so I tend not to obviously the you know the, the big question is on my lips is the athletes village oh you know, obviously. twice as many condoms yeah. you know what because no one wants us to breed. <laughs> it is the place is a mate like it's seriously it's it's nuts it is, is it the same one that yeah, same yeah, village. So yeah. I mean, it's trash by the time we get yeah, to it. Yeah. So it is. What I love about it is that you get to you get to go to a place where, as I say, people have already dealt with a pretty shit card in life. So yeah. going to play sport and represent your country, it's it's party time for the. Fa- I mean, 
And Rudy no times disrespect. what he's asking. Well, absolutely. <laughs> it happens allegedly. I've, yeah. uh, I've actually snacked my wife. Snack, is that a word? Um, snacked my wife be. into Not our show. two yep. villages. And so that is in itself bloody impressive because there's guys with machine guns standing at the gate. And so getting past them... And bullshitting your way past <laughs> is some of my finer work. So when I think about all the games I've been to, still two of my highlights is taking my beautiful first wife into those games. So. <laughs> Very nice. And and just to backtrack a bit, when I said about it's never been better, I'm not saying it's it's no, I get it at all. No, no. But in your in your book about the uh, about nowadays, if someone like you was born under your circumstances in Donald, which is where oh. you where you were born. Uh, there would be now a Humi crib, a uh, all 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 uh, guns blazing to get mm. you to the Royal Children's Hospital as quickly as you can. How did you make your way from Royal Donald Hospital? Well, when they they had a look at me first up and thought, "Fuck, I don't know what to do with him." <laughs> dad <laughs> grabbed Sorry, me first. What did your dad say? When, oh, what was that <laughs> like? <laughs> if I go and tell you exactly what my you dad said every this. time, the poor prick will be locked up. So <laughs> what we'll do? We'll just take a wide what berth. What was it when he first saw you? Oh, like he's <laughs> still. He, he's had a look at me, right? And then, well, he's actually he's had a crack at sort of. I think it was attempted humour, and my old man's notoriously not a funny <laughs> yeah. bastard. So that one's dead. Is um, no, but he um, he did say something along the lines of, um, "What did he say? Um, something along the lines of." You'll be right, mate. Um, and then he's thrown to... He's taken the piss almost about just keep your feet on the ground or something. <laughs> I, I, can't. I, I now, read the quote the was, you've left a bit in there. No, yeah. Was that what he said? Well, <laughs> that was my take on it. <laughs> like, not when I was I three days old, but I, I'm looking... <laughs> if my sister, next one out, comes right. out with... like. Two and a half legs. <laughs> I'm claiming that. But it, that didn't happen. Anyway, my, yeah. three days old, my old man picks me up, drives me down, I think we had a valiant, to the Royal Children's Hospital. It walks me, no ambulance, no lights and sirens. So that's what, three and a half hour drive? Or? Yeah, something yeah. like that. He usually drives pretty quick too. Just <laughs> anyway, takes me in there and, and from that moment on, like he's, this has been the real icebreaker. He's had a look around and seen babies that could literally fit in the palm of one hand yep. and thought, Shit. Like, I was nine pound one missing bits, mate. So I was in no drama. Well, I was a couple of, of pounds. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> here chance. I am today naked. It's a bit fucking easy to find out what was big. Anyway, I, I, um, for, I was very fortunate the old man just didn't, and mum as well. Because, like, imagine, like, my mum, as I'm growing up, my mum is being called a bitch by her sisters for not picking me up every time I fell over. And she's going, fuck it, he's got to learn to get up. But he can start now. And so in society today, we don't let kids – we don't even bloody let kids play sport without giving them a certificate to say, mm. good on, you've done ground. My old man said, you shit, go home and work at it. So <laughs> I, yeah, it didn't do me any harm. Yeah. Well, not too much harm. So it should be. Yeah. yeah. Was it, wasn't there something in the news during the week that we did channel a person we're not allowed to name when uh, Queensland said you can't win AFL Queensland, you can't win by too much now in certain games? Oh, can't what? Can't win by too much. Now, what uh, do you mean? There's now, well, I think it's a 10-goal limit. Once you get 10 goals in front, you can't score anymore. There's a mercy Well, well Gold Coast can't win, so <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> no danger there. We're talking about the other... The other uh, uh, junior footy. Oh, I thought you were talking about well, Brisbane AFL. Coast. So, well, Brisbane are going all right, but I'm sure the Gold Coast going to worry about <laughs> exactly. So, you, you the tough love was actually an important thing. Oh, mate, I, I think I, I'm a I've got father now of four kids, so and I am tough love. 
well, I like to think tough love, but I just think it's fair and reasonable. That's how I roll, you know, raising my kids. And when I look at my old man, he just didn't pull any punches, just called it as it was. And and that's the challenge because when your heart goes out to somebody who's missing bits, your your natural instinct is to pick them up and help them. But I wouldn't be able to walk, wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do half the things I can do today had mum and dad picked me up every time but he fell over. So I'm wrapped that... I have the opportunity and, and still today have the opportunity to just call it for what it is, you know, and sometimes it's uncomfortable and that's okay. You mentioned you've got four kids. Uh, Swanee, did you get any visitors when you went to schoolies? <laughs> when I went to schoolies? Yeah. Well, what do you mean? So when you went to schoolies, were you just... Which year? I go, I've been every year since <laughs> I was 17. So, you um, Yeah, well, you call it tall, I call it... <laughs> Living. Schooly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I call it awesome, but it's up to you. Um, the year you were drafted, uh, yeah, angling for something here. Who, did I get a visitor? I, I'm not. I'm not setting you up. Okay, because I don't up. know what you're talking about. But but who went to who went to uh, to schoolies with you? Well, have a guess. People went to schoolies. Yes, yes. yes. Any visitors? Right. So this I don't. Is, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if you're going somewhere with this, Ralph. But I'm, I've forgotten. I, I told you. I'm pass. Write it down to me. Pass it to me on a piece of paper if you want me to answer. This Something. is from Donnie Elgin's Twitter feed. Okay. Right, this is him. <laughs> now, this is Donnie's daughter being absolutely delighted. I'll read you the tweet. Uh, tweet that awesome moment when you fly to the Gold Coast to surprise your daughter on her 18th <laughs> while she's at schoolies. This awesome bit is how grateful she was and how excited to see us. Love it. We've raised awesome humans. Swanee, my question to you is. Billy and Deidre turned up at schoolies. Similar reaction? Yeah, yeah, very similar. Very <laughs> similar, yeah. Um, oh, mate, I don't think my parents would have wanted to see me at schoolies, mate. Um, nah, I've just been drafted, so I was doing my best. Um, become a lot more popular in the, in the nights after I've been drafted, let me tell you. Um, but no, I don't, uh, no, I don't think I would. They, I would have had that same response, mate. No, not at all. They wouldn't have been able to find me. How'd you find her? Oh, well, you know, it wasn't just a snap decision. Like, we knew when she, obviously, she'd booked the flight because yeah. I paid for the fucking Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But she was going yeah. up and, and she was actually saying to us in the lead up to it, she goes, oh, it's going to be bloody really weird and devastating that, you know, I'm going to have no family there on my birthday. It's my 18th. and But we'd already booked the flights. We knew we were going to be there. Is this so Gold Coast? Gold Coast, yeah. yep. And, uh, and so my wife and I, we decided that this would be a, a ripping surprise. So we... We were actually up there at Gold Coast for a holiday a few weeks before and she's gone, oh, Dad, and this is the hotel we're going to yeah. stay in. So she gave us all the information we needed, <laughs> which was bloody fantastic. Amateur hour, amateur hour there. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you I'll what. I'll sit down with her and I'll give her a I was actually going to get a, a DNA to test that I go, there's <laughs> your first mistake, champ. But uh, no, she bloody loved it, which was awesome. And I mean, there was no surprise. We'd, so, we'd raised them that way, mate. So you would have stayed there the whole week and partied with them, did you? Do you know what? We have a tradition. When our, On the birthday of all our kids, my wife and I have a shot and I might have started that tradition <laughs> so we go out to the how old are kids I've got a 21 and yeah. 18 and 13 all this year yeah. and then they're three girls and then my boy is seven right. so and we have a shot and then when the kids turn 18 they have a shot with us right <laughs> and we reminisce and we talk shit about or mm. tell how it was actually the damage they did to all mine <laughs> uh, anyway on the day and so we went up there we surprised her she's bloody delighted and then we went took her out for lunch and her best mate out for lunch with her. We went to the Bottolo. We bought a bucket of shots, 
we sat on Caval Ave and we all had a shot, so we talked about shit, what was it like? It was bloody great. <laughs> and, uh, and we said, you can take the bucket back, mate, and that was it. So we only had a couple of hours with her, just uh, enough to have a good... We don't want to cramp her style, mate. She's no. there for a bloody good time. she enjoy it? She loved it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what was the report from your first order? Well, that's why she went to the school. So we didn't right. go. Yeah, she said, oh, Dad, that's bloody awesome. Good on you. Because my kid, we got a really tough family, like close family too. So, yep. And because I've been calling bullshit on bullshit behaviour all their life, they're, they know where they stand. And it's, you know, going out with one of my kids would be a pretty interesting space because they also get to call bullshit on things. So, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a bloody good time. Uh, now our, our our theme often in this uh, podcast is the world is fucked, but but the, you 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 are often a corporate speaker, mm. and and your theme is how do we find you? The world give is yourself, great. Give yourself a plug. Oh, mate, all the W's donelgan.com.au. Yeah. You can't miss me. <laughs> Absolutely, and we'll tweet all that out. Yeah, yeah, all the good info. But but your theme, you're you're one of the most positive people I've ever met. Where'd you get that from? Well, you're on the wrong podcast for starting. Correct. Right? Yeah. Well, we need yeah. to try and lift things, mate. No. <laughs> No, the truth is, I just I realise, like every day I wake up and I look down and I I sleep without my leg on. You don't have to sleep with me for this, Swanee, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to give it to you. I take my leg off at the end of the day and it is a bloody great feeling. Like, I shit you not, it's nice to take it off. And then why, I... Sorry, why? Well, because you don't, like, you wouldn't sleep with your shoes on, so I wouldn't sleep with my leg on right. like it's... Yeah. And plus, my foot doesn't bend, so even when you've got your leg on, you're trying to roll over, it's like, shit's not... It's weird. So you when know, you get up in the middle of the night, have a piss, do you... Hop to the toilet or do you whack it back on? Depends if I've been drinking. I some Often I will crawl to the toilet. That's crawl. a true story, yeah. yeah. Well, cause Same, but for two, <laughs> different, for two very different reasons. You can't yeah. sleep hop. So you try it. Like, yeah. seriously, you wake up or you wake the whole bloody house up. Yeah. So I just go, fuck it, I can't be stuffed. And I don't want to wake right up. So I can put it on, but it's a bit of stuff for me yeah, to so put it on. So I, uh, I sleep without it. And then when I wake up in the morning and I... To the toilet, have my shower on one leg. I've just got a fucking water leg. Tell you what, I'm a bit moist by that. It's a water bloody, leg. Yeah, so I can go in the shower. I don't have to sit down or stand up on one leg now in the shower. I bloody, I wear a water leg in. Like, it's seriously. How many, how many different types of legs do you have? Like a water leg, a dry leg? Yeah, running leg. Yeah. I've got, like, when I was competing, I had like 30 grand's worth of legs. So shot put, discus, 100 meter, like all these different legs all now. Different, Jesus. Yeah, so. It's a lot of legs. Yeah, it's, but it's good because I'll get a tattoo on one of them. I'll just change <laughs> it. I'll get a new one. It's like a spider. Fresh, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Octopus. No, obviously, you know, I'm not being disrespectful, but is it like a golfer having a lot of putters? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, every time, so I don't know, when you got new boots, right? You put it on, you go, it's got a different feel. So you go from your thongs today yeah. and you go, oh, shit, this is relaxed mode. You put your boots on or your dress boots or your yeah. runners. It's different. So as soon as you put a leg on, you just put a, a running leg on, you go, shit, I'm, I'm mentally ready or physically. Do you have to wear it in? Because if you're yeah. talking about boots, I, I couldn't wear boots straight away in a game. I'd have to train in them for a bit and get comfortable. But you know what else can happen is when you get new stuff, most of the time people can wear shit in for you. You know, like... No one can wear a leg in yeah. for you. So <laughs> that's the challenge. So, But you get it right and, it's, uh, and it feels – when you get it, it's always exciting because you only get a new leg because you've grown out of the other one. So you're, you're in an element of discomfort or a bit of pain. Get a new leg, it's like, oh, this is good. And especially if you've stepped it up a notch. So you're going from a walking leg into a running leg, it's like, oh, giddy up. You know, we're ready to roll now. Yeah. And so that's always a, a, a really exciting time. But the, the challenge is getting it right. So if you've got a shit prosthetist, the person that makes your legs, then you can go through a lot of pain for no good reason. 
But the uh, if you get it right, then you pretty much you put it on, you feel bloody fantastic, and away you go. So yeah, but I just got two new legs last week, yeah. so I'm a bit bloody uh, exciting time in Donny Boy's life. So yeah. So your walking leg, you can't run in, like not at. Well, if the cops are chasing me, mate, yeah. I'm running. Doesn't matter <laughs> yeah. what I'm wearing, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But most of the time, I'm. Uh, I'm pretty mobile because my walking legs are. Uh, I've been pretty fortunate to have been sponsored by Osser. I've, over the years, I've always been able to wear the better gear yeah. straight up. So, I've been able to my blade. I wear the blade. The leg that I had before this one was the first uh, walking leg made from a running blade. So the first model. So whereas typically, you know, they spend the money and uh, the research and whatever's done in for sport where the spotlight's on and then over time a bit like cars you know they, they put all the money in the good oils to work out if how you can race it fast and then over time we go oh this is actually good for day-to-day cars so the same sort of thing with legs so yeah but it is pretty cool so when i look down at the start of every day putting my leg on i've got a choice and this is you know how do you get so positive yeah. it's practicing gratitude you know it's being able to say shit i've got one good leg you know it, like it hasn't grown back overnight, which, you know, sometimes I have nights big enough, I think there's, I'm a chance, right? But it's not going to happen. So then I just keep coming back to the fact, well, I'm bloody, I'm still good to go. I'm, I'm better off than I could be. So that's how I, I continue to remain positive. And, and sometimes I need a bit of an uppercut, or, you know, you feel a bit sorry for yourself mm. and it doesn't take much to work it out. So, but, and, and given you do corporate speaking and, and, uh, and it's about positivity, have you found that it's not necessarily because you've got a disability, but it's just because it's part of being a fucking person that you have ups and down days? You know what? I often talk, Ralphie, about just being a decent human. And yeah. that shit doesn't matter. You know, one of my good mates, Kurt Fernley, like stuck in a chair, crawled Kokoda. Like I had a crack at him because I walked Kokoda twice. Mm. And I said, you fucking weak prick, you crawled it. Like everyone can <laughs> crawl. Like it's harder <laughs> to walk with one leg. So but anyway, he got bogged a bit more than I did. But it was um, but a quality human. And for me, that's what I want to surround myself by decent humans and I keep, you know, Fortunate enough, I keep being able to do that. Oh, so once again, you're in the wrong podcast. Mate. So you're, no. wrong, you're, you're in the wrong spot here. Well and truly all over is here, mate. No, you worry about that. So, and that's been the beauty. So when I'm on stage and I'm speaking, I'm, I'm literally all over. I, I get a bit of a free kick next year being in Olympic gear. So Paralympic speakers tend to get, you know, we just get searched more. And yeah. fortunately, I, I've got a decent sort of history at it. So I, I get to do a lot of work. And, and honestly, I bloody love it. I love when I'm on, on there. And regardless how how you've been in your life whether you're absolutely at the top of your game or or not i talk about life i talk about being able to reset and go again and you know what it's amazing how many ceos how many people that uh the perception is that they're nailing it but still need some help still reach out for that and i I love that because that little bit of vulnerability that bit about saying shit i need some help here i'm not sure how i'm going and you surround yourself by people that can have those genuine conversations. So I'm very grateful that over the years I've been able to meet a few people yeah. to help me with that. Will you go to Tokyo, is it? Oh, I, oh, well, I doubt that I'll go to Tokyo, unlikely, unless I'm doing a bit of commentary, which yeah. you know I haven't had the heads up yet. No, no. one's been tapping me on the shoulder. And after this podcast, I'm yeah, you quite confident. <laughs> that I, I think I, I might have put a slight nail in the, in the commentary coffin at the 2006 Commonwealth Games. So I, I wanted to compete. I thought, wouldn't it be a bloody good swan song, hello, yeah. to retire at the Commonwealth Games Athletics at the MCG? I thought this would be bloody great. No events for below knee amputees, so no opportunity for me to compete. So why, how they why do is that? it? 
So how they do it at the Commonwealth Games is they say, right, we're going to have 18 events for athletes with disabilities and we're going to integrate that into the Commonwealth Games. So if it happens to be... So at the Olympics and Commonwealth, you've got 100 metres for men and 100 metres for women. At the Paralympics, you've got 100 metres for below-knee amputees, 100 metres for above-knee amputees, 100 metres for arm amputees. That's men and women. And then you've got wheelchairs, you've got cerebral palsy, vision impaired. So there's all these different ones. So they just take 18 events. And if one of your events is something that you compete in, then you're a chance to compete. You know, and so is that uh, something that's disappointing, or is it just the oh, no, just, just part of the deal? To, because yeah. what what was weird about? Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at fifty to eighty percent less than other high end brands. And the best part: they're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com that he's missed out in 2006 and I retired in 2008 and then I went to team manager in 2012 over to London and then I come back from that and I found out that at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games they were having leg amputee discus throwing and I thought I haven't touched a discus for six years and I said to my mate who was telling me about this I said what's a qualifying standard and the second it come out of his word I thought fuck it I can do that (laughs) so I had a crack at at a comeback and I literally qualified by the skin on my teeth like it was the closest throw to a qualifying set I've ever done in my life and then I made a comeback you know literally six years after I'd competed Mm. I went over to uh, represent the country again one last time at the Commonwealth Games over in Glasgow and I thought this is bloody great but uh, definitely my first introduction to Commonwealth Games was commentating at the MCG in 2006. Mm. And I was there and I didn't realise until one of my mates, Tim Matthews, who was in the village and they're getting the live feed from all the all the, the news broadcasts and I was doing the commentary for the live feed, you see. So I'm talking about the uh, the discus and it was a wheelchair athletes and there was a, a lass from uh, another country. And uh, interesting that Sam pointed out that some of the anatomies are, are quite large on. So, mm. And I may have said, like, she's having a bit of trouble getting around that discus circle there, but it doesn't look like she's had any trouble getting around the dining hall. And that <laughs> feed went straight back into the village and it might have just spelled a bit of an end to my commentary. So, anyway, it was good times. <laughs> that, doesn't that straight away hear that story? I mean, what is wrong with the world? So a, a, a disabled athlete, talking about another disabled athlete, what? You, your career went backwards because you spoke someone might be a bit overweight. Well, it just didn't probably catapult forward. <laughs> I don't know. They went backwards too much. Can, cancel culture can, can reach anywhere. Oh, it's terrible, isn't it? <laughs> but B, if you call it... Yeah, I, I got fat shamed. Yeah, and the bloke who <laughs> fat shamed me on the back page of Sun didn't get fired. Really? Also, yeah. yeah no. Fat chance of uh, how it was. I know some people swanning. Still getting over it. Still not, yes. Still bitter about it. Hey, um, so we're jumping all over the place, but uh, you talk about resilience and about uh, about your leg and so forth. Tell tell the story about when when you snapped your leg. Oh, but I've had Play, a playing uh, footy, oh. and and, and your, your mother wasn't overly sympathetic when your brother ran in. <coughs> oh, that, you see, I'm kicking. So we had the Tokemore Caravan Park and Swimming Pool Complex, right? So my brother and I, every day of the week, we'd wake up, we'd kick the footy. Like that's just what country kids do, right? Stop. That's what normal stop. kids Hang on, do. Stop. 
yeah, but you kicking the footy is not. You're left how? footer or right footer? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a, yeah. I'm a, Explain I'm a right people. footer. My left leg is my artificial leg. Yep. Uh, and I was, I was playing footy, and the coach, like everyone, gets coach says, hey, if you're hot on your left side, buddy, kick on your right foot. Well, I'm naturally right foot, so I kick my right foot. Anyway, one day I was coming, I was fucking hot. This guy was going to tackle me. He's on the right side, so I thought, kick with my left. My fucking leg come off and went further than the ball did, mate. No more kicking with the left, right? The guy who marked my ball was pissed, my leg was pissed off too. He's like, fucking nearly took his teeth out. Anyway, I were kicking at home, right? And this this leg, in those days I had cosmetic legs. So they call them cosmetic legs because they're supposed to look like a leg, right? Yeah. Whereas the things that I wear today, like actually this is shit for podcasting, but it's quite yeah, sexy because yeah, yeah. it's wait, 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 wait. Right, so I'll, I'll show you the difference in legs so, and how easy it is to take a leg off so this is don't mind me i'm going to stand on the desk here but this is what i wear today so it's a pole it's it no straps on it right so in those days i had a leg and it had straps used to go over my knee and around the back and this one night i was watching um i was watching footy and i've, I've told this story about the the fact that i was watching footy and one of my heroes at the time was gary ablett the original and he took this great mark Kicked a goal and I just thought, you fucking legend, mate. You know, I'm going to be like Ablett. So I'm forward pocket, I'm running, I go halfway through, I get the centre half forward area, straight through there. And I'm the, it'd been raining on Friday night. Friday night, the cricket pitch got a bit boggy and I never thought about that. Went straight into the middle. I've heard this, shit, what's that? And I've taken another step and my legs come off and it's standing straight up behind me in the mud. I thought, fuck, what am I going to do? And the footy was only about a metre in front of me. So I jumped on the footy and I got a free kick. The umpire's mm. gone, you're a free kick, mate. I'm standing there with no leg. I had to kick a ball with no bloody <laughs> leg, mate. So I handballed the ball off. But what was really interesting is that wasn't my first take of like how footy can go wrong. So as a kid growing up, I'll just put me back together. As a kid growing up, I was kicking the, the we're, footy. We're with 35 my... shows in. No one has ever stopped halfway through to put a leg back on. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> this is how I roll. So... I'm, I'm with my brother, we grow up and, you know, in summer you tape up the tennis ball and you bloody play cricket against the, the bins and all that sort of stuff. In footy, in winter, you kick the footy, that's how it was, right? And we had, because we had the, the public swimming pool, we had bloody all the room we needed to kick the footy. Yet I somehow shanked it and kicked it on the roof. The rules were simple. If you kicked it on the roof, you had to get up and get it. So I climb up to get the, the footy. Sorry, how old again? I was about... 10, I yeah. suppose. So it's only a young kid, right? Good roof climbing age. Yeah, yeah, buddy. I'm into everything, right? Up I climb, I get the footy, and I'm coming down, and as I'm sliding down the brick wall from the roof, I scratch my good knee, right? my, my good knee, right? And I'm, I'm a bit pissed off, short-tempered in those days, and I walk straight up to a stool, and I just kicked it with the artificial leg. This thing has just snapped, bang, straight in half, and my brother's just rolling around the ground going, you're fucked. You're, <laughs> Mum and Dad's going to kick your ass. And I go, no, we won't tell them. We'll just tape it up. It'll be right. All right? And I'm just sitting there going, shit, this is not, it's never happened before. I don't know what I'm going to do, right? Brother runs flying into Mum. Mum's serving in the caravan park. And she's there and she goes, what's wrong, Jason? And he's just looking at her and going, Dottie broke his leg. Dottie broke his leg. And Mum's serving. This customer's just looking. Mum's calls. She goes, which leg? <laughs> and he goes, the left one. She said, he'll be right. Dad can fix that later. <laughs> the customer's looking at ready to fucking die welfare. Going, what do you mean, lady? He's just broke his legs. <laughs> yeah, anyway, we had a, a very interesting time growing up that toke, but I bloody love it. And and we had uh, Peter Moody in a few weeks ago. Right. And I was Good bloke. So, great bloke. And 
I swan he's on one hand he's a horse trader, but on the other hand he's just a bloke from Western Queensland talking like it, and that's yeah, that's what you are. You're a country, you're a country boy. Always, oh, what you call yeah. <laughs> country boy? Oh, oh mate, I'm with you, yeah, Swanee. Yeah, I heard yeah, it. Yeah, you're short and country there. <laughs> yeah. Whenever he says it, I was two I'm in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> and a tree. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was the simple country upbringing for you, and why why do you uh, rate it so highly? Uh, I mate, I always come back to my old attitude. Just you get one life. It, it, all the research in the world is not going to grow your bloody leg back. Don't <laughs> sit around waiting for it. Just get on and have a crack. One you day. Only get one life. You're, you're, pretty, you're, you're with that, don't you? Yeah. Have well, a dip. Yeah, well, why not, eh? <laughs> yep. You can use it, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Prove me wrong if you can. No, but seriously, and it's it's that easy. Like, yeah. Are we going to suck when we get to 80 or 90 and go, oh, shit, didn't do that right, go back and do it again. You don't get a chance to go back, mate. So, Have you seen Ralph on Twitter? All he does is suck. Oh, fuck, he's an angry little oh, man. Oh, he? All he does day. is suck and complain on Twitter. Yeah, well, only about dickheads. Sure. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. That's why I do this. Uh, it's my happy space. <laughs> it is, well, that's my only happy space. You know, when you gave me that cuddle before, Ralphie, I knew that was your happy place. <laughs> so I didn't <laughs> uh, so and and tell us about your journey though in in public speaking and, and about what suits you and what doesn't because probably on one hand people get a Paralympian but you've you've realised now you actually you know people can't relate to being a Paralympian but they can relate to positivity. Oh, absolutely! I think the the big challenge is I always have to remember where I am. So I'm very mindful that, like, here we are in the podcast in the studio today. So we can we can speak freely on a in a uh, in a corporate environment. I'm not dropping the f bomb. You know, I'm I'm reserved. That's where me and you are different. <laughs> so there's only a little woofter of it comes out. So, but there's a um, there's just a reality that somebody gets me in for a reason. Typically, they get me in because they want some change. They want to see, you know, whether there's been a restructure, whether morale's down, whether whatever the reason reasons are they get me because I get to create that little bit of change and if the change is nothing else but the way we see life the way we think then it's worth it I mean you can't just go rank there's a silver bullet you're all sorted now if you've got a shit culture you've got a shit culture it takes a bit of work to fix that but the truth is it's got to start somewhere and that's what I love about it is I get the chance to I get the chance to challenge people's thinking the way you have always seen the world the way you you think it is and and your perception of it, and you get somebody like me. Society told me I was, I was screwed. Like you got one leg, you're allowed to be sad. You don't have to achieve. We can make it. Uh, we can accommodate you. And my parents said, "Bullshit." <laughs> you know that's that's not going to wash with us. So to challenge society's views and to be able to then go on and, and kick a few goals has really been, I think, the a lifeline for me as a speaker. But in this country, honestly, we love sport. That's how, buddy. I mean, we've got a sport podcast. We've mm-hmm. got, you know, we love sport. And that's what opens the door for me. What keeps me there is that it's real. Uh, so when it comes to organisational talks, did, did they resonate with you so much, Dane? Or do you, do you, were you more like just, can you just let me play footy <coughs> type of guy? Um, no, listen, we, it was good to get in a, a speaker. When I was a footy, could you get sick of the, the same boring... You know, as you were saying, the same boring shit, the same meetings, the same game plan stuff. So it was good to have a like a guest speaker come in and listen to their story. And usually you get a good one at AFL level. You're not getting, you know, <laughs> just a pleb off the yeah. street. Yeah, you just and usually a lot of it was, you know, you wouldn't unless you were going shit out six weeks. You know, lost six in a row. You needed something. You'd get like someone funny in, or you know, Anzac Day. You'd get, you know, someone who's you know who's been involved in in the war or something around the history of Australia and then obviously in finals you get someone who's 
um, done something pretty remarkable in their life or something like that. So, yeah, they're always really good to listen to um, at footy clubs, for sure. What, what about when, when, they, when they come in as a culture change artist and you've got to then challenge each other and, and talk at each other? and, and well, leading teams and stuff like that. That type of stuff, yeah. It wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> funny, funny how that works, mate. Right. But look, I, I understand it's got some. I understand it's yeah. for some people. Like it wasn't for me because the same shit. Love and I've spoken about it before. I got told the same stuff literally every single time we did it. I, every every year, end on end, every time I was up there, I got told exactly the same shit, and I understood it and I knew it. So I don't know what people needed to tell me. I knew what I was good at and what I needed to improve, and the things I wanted to improve, they wanted me to improve. And I was never going to because I was comfortable with how I was, and I was going okay. And so, and it was more just about you know, helping the young kids in my field stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not hurting anyone but myself, and I'm going okay. So I don't need like I'm not dragging anyone else down, and you know, skin folds and all that shit. But it was like, like I said, my off season is my off season. Like I'll for what it's there for a reason, and I like to enjoy myself. So, Swanee, I'm going to call you on that. I reckon you're going better than I like. How many times do you represent represented the country? Um. <laughs> Well, I've represented well. How many multiple countries? Get it right, Long Sonny. And this is after you've retired, so yeah. I think you might. You, yeah, you're going very okay. Yeah, I was going. I, I played for Australia <laughs> once. Yeah, um, in, in Ireland in 2010, I think. Won the medal, best yeah. player. Yeah, drank. I was there for 16 nights. I went out 14 nights of it. <laughs> the, the night, the night we played at Croke Park in front of 70,000. Went out, drank about. 5, 6 a.m., slept through the team meeting, slept through team breakfast, or woke up at like 4 o'clock, ordered a room service pass, I got on the bus, slept on the bus, got out and had 35 and kicked two and won the medal. <laughs> There's preparation for you. Isn't it a, a concern when you look back and go, why did I bother doing all that training? Like if I'm that good, I should well, have That's why I tell myself regularly. <laughs> <laughs> Still think I could get a start. Um well, I thought I had one effort in me a week on game day. Like, yeah. I try to conserve all my energy. Well, how um, many more did you need? No, well, ask, tell the coaches that. <laughs> we want you to get a sweat up on game. We get a sweat up on a Wednesday oh, other when it's pissing down with rain. Well, um, by the time I warmed up, like, the training was over. So there's no point in me being out there. Didn't you get away with too much, though? No, I didn't get away with enough. <laughs> well, sometimes, I'd, sometimes I'd run around literally with my hands in my jacket. And I just kick the ball off the ground for the ball come at me because I wouldn't take my hands out. Um, but in the end, we start. So I, in the end, when we come to a compromise, sometimes I'd rather stay inside and run on the treadmill in the heat. Yeah. Like I do, like you know, sp- you know, a lot of sprint work on the on the treadmill because I found that was better for me. I didn't be outside training all the time. I, I one thing I had was reasonable touch. So I was I didn't really need to touch the footies all the time. I touched it enough on game day. So <laughs> I, I, I had enough game day. So. <laughs> I didn't need to worry about it during the week So I'd rather run on the trail That's what I thought I lacked the most Was a lot of that speed work and running So that's what I preferred to work on And no one's picked you up to coach in the AFL I don't, It's surprising isn't it, <laughs> it is we, we said last week Trav, We said last week Trav, Trav Close got a goal kicking job at Collingwood Fuck knows how And then well, I can't get a start But I'm just I'm waiting I'm waiting with bated breath on my phone mate They've obviously Wait, I've had the same number for a long time, which is weird too. <laughs> and the same email. Can, can I speak to Dane Swan 2004, please? Yeah. All right, so you're Dane Swan 2004. Reece Shaw's a, a coach of a football club. 
Yeah, no, yeah, I'll, I'll be laughed at. Hey, Scotland's he's what's he, is it's it? absurd. <laughs> just check, just check. Yeah, uh, come back to 2009. Yeah, the world's gone mad. But uh, yeah, no, it's fantastic for them. They're obviously very good at their jobs. Yeah. Apparently, all the boys love Heath. Um, he's doing development. He's going really well, and obviously, we all know how good Reese has been in a short time there. So. Very happy for them. Actually, I think we might have been, Swanee, 2004, I actually held the record at the, what was it back then, Lexus Centre, hold, it wasn't, yeah, it's one whatever of them. it was, the Lexus first Center, one, Lexus, Lexus Centre back then, yeah. and we, so the Victorian Institute of Sport, I had a scholarship there for one year, and I was there for 12, I did okay <laughs> out of that, and so we shared the facilities with Colin. Yeah, yeah, I remember and, that, uh, I, on the other side, on the side we're now, yeah. That's right, so I held the record for the best below knee amputee on the speedball. Mm. My mate Tim Matthews held the record for the best one arm on the speedball and the best Collingwood was uh, was Reesey. Yeah, he's pretty good. So he was very mm. handy on the speedball back then. So we did nothing else but in the gym. North players better not fuck with him. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. How do you go on the speedball? Pardon? How do you go on the speedball? Oh, not great. A good runner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not bad on the shreddy? Yeah, I didn't need to touch it. It was leather. <laughs> yeah. I got enough of that on the weekend. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, there's always tipping I only needed to punch it once and that was it. <laughs> Flatten it. He knew I was boss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you heard what Swatty said about how the leading team's awesome for him, yes. there's always tipping points, right? So this is what an expert says you should do. Yes. And I remember when I was a kid... Bacon and eggs and, and steak, and then they said, "No, you you idiots! You meant to have carbs." And now the, the world's gone the full circle, and now there's people saying you should have a fat-based diet; it's better for you. So what I'm saying there's always tipping points and cycles. How do you reflect hearing what Dane said about how leading teams wasn't for him? Because it seems like Happy Nathan Buckley, for instance, that clubs are now appreciating that you need humour and you need balance, and you need individuals as well. Yeah, well, I must admit, I drove in the 2008 uh, Celebrity Challenge, which was in itself a Big surprise because I'm not a fucking celebrity, but <laughs> I uh, I knew that I wanted to do this. The Grand Prix, yeah, Melbourne, uh, Albert Park. Yeah. So since I was 12, I thought, how good would that be when Adelaide had it and before they, you know, killed the Grand Prix, Melbourne rescued it. Are they automatic cars or are they clutch? So, no, these were. Uh, so I was in with Strawny, and it's a, a manual. He fucked two motors. <laughs> we cannot drive a manual to save himself. <laughs> anyway, so it was, um, and I I thought, how do I get into this when you're not a celebrity? Because I'm a bit sort of persistent when I find something I want to do, right? So I found out the the Grand Prix Corporation would meet up every uh, November and they would have a a long list of people and they would come up with the theme for who was going to drive in the Grand Prix and then they'd meet in February and then discuss it and, you know, it'll be all sorted. And I thought, fuck it, if they're meeting like in November, they're going to hear from me about August. So I would get all my newspaper clippings or bloody school newsletters, podcasts were an event to then, but mm. anything I had, and I'd send it to them with a little home movie, and sometimes I wore clothes, and I sent them and said, oh, Don Elgin, next body celebrity, ready to sign, and they yeah, thanks, that's cute, put it away. And every year they'd ring me up, they were very polite, they'd ring me up or write to me and say, Don, thanks for the stuff, but no, uh, we've picked our drivers for this year. And then in 2007 they rang me up and said, hi, Don, um, we're calling to, uh, because to let you know that next year's theme for the drivers for the celebrity race is sporting legends and we know about your career because you've been sending us to it <laughs> for a long time now Pest. so uh, would you like to drive in the grand prix and i couldn't bloody believe it so i got a gig and in that bucks was uh, was driving so when you right. say bucks is funny i didn't see a lot of that when <laughs> i offered to race him when did i say that <laughs> i said happy oh yeah. happy yeah, yeah yeah so there was some uh, but like seriously that's uh, yeah i love the transition of humans we go through a phase and we go right oh, 
this is how we are now and we deal with it. And then what I really enjoy is we get to see it from a different angle later on. So before you're a parent, you couldn't give a shit what parents think, but when you become one, all of a sudden you see I the world I can confirm differently. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we see the world differently. And the same as, as we we see these cycles that go through industry and we yeah. go, yeah, it needs... For me, I, I never get away from the fact that you just need to be a decent human. You don't need to be the smartest, the funniest, the, just be a decent human that can have a conversation and we'll go okay. And, and but and specifically that rules a lot of people out in this country. Exactly. <laughs> so so but as Dane was saying, Dane's I'm individual. Yep. This is team. Yep. And for a while there it seemed like there was there was you have to be in this cookie cutter mold. And it looks like now there's been a bit of a cycle that oh no, we should embrace the individuals and probably Richmond have, have been at the forefront of that. Yeah, and if you I mean let's be honest, if we don't em- embrace individuals, if we don't embrace what people bring to the table, first of all you've got to ask the question, how'd they get to the table? Because they've got something going for them. So why do we want to dumb that down to the point of going, no, here's the mould that somebody in an office has created for the whole time? It's bullshit. So in my view, the, the key is being able to agree on what the team's trying to achieve. So it doesn't matter from where you come from, if you know you're chasing a common goal, then you're more likely to achieve it. If you come into a team and you've got your own goal, that's cute. But if it's not in line with the team one, mm. then the team's not going to achieve theirs, only you are. So it probably And what that means to me is it says that you're likely, you're still likely to be able to achieve great things, but you've just, you're not on the same page. So you look back. Hey, yeah, uh, have you seen the development of Dylan Alcott as now a, a star? Yeah, and, and I said that deliberately, not a disabled athlete star, a star, full stop. There's no, there's no asterisk to him, is, is, is there? Well, I mean, Dylan's a different cat to me. So, no, that's great. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can walk. He can't, so I'm pretty <laughs> happy about that. Um, no, I've, I've known Dylan since he was literally a pup, you know, like literally going around at the uh, at the games, playing a basketball, you know, hanging off the ring. So I'm loving that we've got somebody, and, and there always is going to be somebody. When I was going through my career, the somebody was Louise Savage. You know, she was the, the mould breaker and the champion, and then you got the Kurt Fernleys of the world that, you know, just balls of steel. And now you've got somebody who who does fit with this mould of society, who wants somebody to call bullshit on disabled, but, you know, but still the reality is you're stuck in a chair for the rest of your life. So I think it's it's healthy. It's really healthy. It's What's the best thing about it is people have a conversation. There's a name now that people can relate to. So little kids in particular like me that are growing up going, I want to play footy because that's all I know, they're missing out. Whereas when you've got the likes of Dylan getting around there and, and of course when you everyone loves a winner so yep. a couple of Wimbledon championships a bit of Grand Slam action it's good for him he knocks on the door and, and at, when you knock on a door to get big grants and, and change society's views you really need someone to open them and everybody will open a door to a champion and that's what's happening at the moment so as long as it keeps happening and we keep getting changed for the better but we also need barometers we need someone to call bullshit on bullshit in which way what does that mean? Well, it means that we can't go and all of a sudden think that the whole world's going to be better just because a disabled guy says it's going to be okay today. Well, shit's still shit. It's not <laughs> always going to be great, and we need to just we need to just call it. Yeah. All right, uh, Swanee, uh, we've got a few. Uh, we'll finish off with some Instagram questions for you. But uh, what have you seen in the news of, of late that uh, you th- you'd like to bring to the table? Um, well, let's just. There was one article which which caught my eye. Um. <laughs> The, Which we always like when something starts with yeah, that. Yeah. Body, by the way, there's Joe Rimarama from Kampala in Uganda. Um, it's farts kill mosquitoes. 
and he's just going to be signed up by um, a repellent company. Um, the odd job man says no one in his home village has ever been has ever contracted malaria because his powers knock out insects over a six mile radius. <laughs> he's got that's, a, that's some epic farts. <laughs> that uh, is serious. Is anyone else still in his village? No just no, mosquitoes. No, or? no mosquitoes allowed. Um, he's known all over the city as a man who can kill mosquitoes with his farts. When Joe's around, well, we know that mosquitoes will vanish. That's not bad. It's, um, so that that took my breath away. Is it an SBD or is it the set like a silent but deadly or does he have a fair rumble with <laughs> oh, it? Yeah. Oh. Oh, have you ever seen the Andre like, the Giant documentary? To get six no, miles, it'd want to be loud. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Impressive. Do yourself a the Andre the Giant documentary and they, they go, talk to many of his mates like me and Jean Oakland and so forth about what it's like when Andre would drop his guts. Oh, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> spent five don't become a giant it. with no decent diet <laughs> so you can imagine what's going in there. Uh, approaching milestone birthday, this is from NBC, inevitably forces us to evaluate, evaluate what we've achieved and where we've fallen short, both personally and professionally. In a recent interview with British Vogue, actress Emma Watson said one thing she's made peace with as she nears her 30th birthday is her current relationship status. Took me a long time, but I'm very happy being single. I call it being self-partnered. Oh. You're no longer single. Well, you're self-partnered. Self-partnered. Mm, that's all right. Makes sense. Bit of owner-operator action yeah, going exactly. on there, I reckon. <laughs> no problem is that. From, uh, this is from our Instagram. Uh, from Jackson. What's the best way to keep cool this summer? Is this a joke? I don't know. It just ask, ask oh. you. What? <laughs> <laughs> what are you asking about? What's the best best way to keep cool? From Jason, stay out of the sun. Would you into ra- the daughter? From from Jason, <laughs> would you rather have an uncontrollable orgasm every time or not orgasm at all? Why uncontrollable? Like yelling, screaming, like loud, loud. Uh, not at all. Really? Fuck, we're opposite there. I'd stand up and take a bow. <laughs> you obviously all go to in quiet places then. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, from Sam, Swanee, what's your all-time NBA starting five? Oh, well, Jordan, LeBron, um, Shaq. Uh, well, that's three. What else do I need? I need a, um, probably Kareem. And Alan Iverson because he's my favourite. From all good, sometimes does Swanee struggle with the thigh portion on KFC? I find it awkward and clumsy to manage. Um, no, no, I got annihilate all KFC when I get hold of it. I don't eat it like you KFC man. I'm a thigh specialist. Yeah, <laughs> inner thigh specialist. <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> From Dale, one of the most confusing sayings of all time said by Samantha Richards two weeks ago. Samantha what? Richards. Okay. Thank you. That's a different kettle of fish. Who the fuck puts their fish in kettles? Some weird people. You know that guy who holds a mosquito-killing record? Yeah. I reckon he'd do shit yeah. like that. Uh, from Andrea, great podcast. Dane, I read... Well, a kettle, a, gold, a kettle, goldfish and a kettle wouldn't just be like the equivalent of us jumping into a spa? Only if you turn it on. Yeah, well, if I turn it on, it's nice and warm for them. You would think so. Pardon? It's beyond me, but Samantha's actually chimed in and agreed. She's writing to Oxford Dictionary. From Andrea... Hi guys, great podcast. Dane, I re-watched the 2010 grand final replay three to four times a week. I'd like to know if this is normal. Should I seek help? I love the pies. I'm worried about my obsessive compulsive premiership habits starting to impact my life. Please help. I'll shout you all a beer. Nothing's for nothing. Yeah, it's, it's probably not well. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I don't reckon I've watched it once. But um, Stop. What? 
You've never watched a grand final once. Not in an entire like I've had it on it like the piss ups we have. Yeah. Like, but I don't I haven't sat down and watched it in its entirety. I, I don't think so. Listen, I may have once, but I've forgotten it. I, you know what happens? I do. I do. <laughs> like watching Titanic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um what's your go to for if you're happy to watch something over and over? Oh, um Path Map. Shawshank Redemption. How can they haven't put that on free to wear before? I love it. Actually, went to the movies Friday night for the first time in Feels Like Forever. What'd you see? Knives Out. Any good? Yeah, it wasn't bad. Like it was like a bit different than what I'm usually used to. Like it's like a mystery whodunit sort of thing. Um, Did they like, tell you at the end? Yeah, I was on the right track. I sort of half got it. Yeah, not the entirety, but I kind of knew who it was, but not who it was. Well, yeah. watch it. No, no, spoiler. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, no, it was good. Yeah, yeah it was good. Um, always enjoy going to movies, but I don't do it often enough. Just a little bit of information for you. That I've got a big screen, mate. Come to my joint. Yeah. Just body gold yeah. class. Hey, I went, oh, oh, Saturday night I went to Elton John. Did you know that? I, I did, Ralph. <laughs> I did. Well, I, people who would annoy me who go, to, who go to a concert and don't just look at it through the eye of their oh, phone. filming. Oh, uh, yeah. He's one of them. Oh, mate, you would have you put up <laughs> 50 posts of Elton John. I was like, mate, we fucking get it. We know you're there. Like, the, just give us one. Like, just so that everyone knows in the world we live in, in social media and stuff, everyone needs to show everyone what fun things they're doing. So no problem. Just give us one, your favourite song, give it a 10-second clip. You don't need to every fucking song. Well, we know you're there. And I don't know how people can enjoy it when they're looking through the lens of their phone. You sit there, you don't enjoy actually being there. Being in the moment, dotting be- something you could probably big be... Big on being in the yeah, moment, mate. Exactly. I'm with you. Yep, mm. absolutely. Well, last concert I went to... I went to Juice World. He died a one a week later. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Did you film it? Yeah, I didn't film his death. No, he um, died on a plane on the way up from Chicago. So that was weird. But I did. I, I only did one, and I enjoyed his last ever concert. Yep. I created Elton John history on Saturday night. Very confident in this. So he said he was starting right on eight o'clock, right? And he's an old pro. So what does he do? He starts right on eight o'clock, just as Twilight Media at Fleming, the last race was jumping. So I'm pretty confident in the history of Elton John. No one sat there watching the last at Flemington on mm. their mobile. Well, Elton come out. How'd you go? Yeah, it was all right. Uh, Ollie, which was nice. So on our Facebook page, Swanee and Friends. You think, think Ralph would give us a tip at some tip stage? Tip a couple in. Yeah, I've been you waiting think, for a few think, years you now. You think Ralph, he'd throw a dog a bone? Melbourne Catering Club, all those body years ago. He's given me donuts since then. Yeah, you He's think he'd throw a dog a bone at some stage? From Corey, loving the great show, keep up the great work. Does Swanee know his tattoo shop is moving? Uh, where's it moving? I don't know, but that's from Corey. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> better give him a ring. <laughs> you better. <laughs> from Dan, would you rather have a tongue for fingers or fingers for a tongue? Uh, fingers for a tongue. Yeah, fingers for a tongue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just think of that through. <laughs> yeah. There's actually a bit of thinking needs yeah. to be done yeah. From Harley, uh, Dane's thoughts on Christmas. Uh, well, I don't like non-denominational. I'm now I'm into non-denominational <laughs> holidays, mate. Yeah, you're not into them, or you? What no, did you think about uh, the sustainability pirate at the um, kids' centre? Did you hear about this? No, tell me. At Kensington, which is where someone who might live, to, mm-hmm. not allowed to say his name. Yep. Maybe he, maybe he started it. It's a good human. So they. They cancelled Santa and brought in a sustainability pirate, so they didn't want to offend anyone. That has to be anyone. a piss take, doesn't it? That is absolutely true. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Google I, it. For a minute there, I was going to say burn it down and start again, but <laughs> then I think to myself, 
what happens to me? Like, I dressed up as a pirate once and I won the dress up. Mm. So this is probably a future for me. What are they handing out? Scurvy in Paris or something, <laughs> is it? <laughs> well, that's as absurd. A, Fucking eye patches. As someone who didn't have Christmas growing up as a kid, you don't feel like you fucking missed it out. No, it stop no. telling us what Just, we should be thinking. Yeah, no, who's coming up it? with this frog shit? Exactly. I know. Well, Someone, you know what I say? Call bullshit on bullshit. Let's let's get us around. There. Um, but but Christmas, yeah, I enjoy Christmas. It's um, it's a little bit past me now because. Like we don't really have we don't have any young kids in our family anymore, so it's just it's just another day to to get together and get NBA's on the business and, and a lot of food. Yeah, so NBA's like, on? it's Boxing Day, yeah. It's on oh. Boxing Day. Um yeah. five games. But um yeah, I enjoy getting back with the family. Like the, the presence and that thing's obviously doesn't excite me anymore because I don't get any. So um <laughs> but yeah, no, it's good to be home and um, you know, just enjoy fam- enjoy family. But Christmas has you know, I don't I can't not sleep. I can Christmas Eve because I'm excited to be up at 6am belting down the door for presents. It's just another, another day now. From Kev, not sure how Swanee's going to top last week's joke. Have you got a joke this week or not? Oh, I can, um, Don't do it yet if you have. But Why? Yeah. What did he like? What to finish with. Just, yeah. how'd, you, how'd, how'd me um, feedback go for that joke? No, it was terrific. I don't? Uh, it was t- tremendous. From yeah. Brad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, well, we had Brock McLean at our last show. Way too much football discussed on last week's episode of Swanee and Friends, so sorry about that. That can happen. Um, from Pete. Can Swanee start dropping some NBA multis? Can Swanee? Yeah, Swanee can, but you just have to tell me when this comes out so I can have a look at the next days, you know? From Peter, love the show. Get Ralphie back near the mic. He was great for one episode in a row. Sorry about that. From Bruce, here's one. I'm currently on holidays in the USA and went to my first NFL game yesterday. They were selling massive 25-ounce cans, about 750 mil, a full-strength beer and selling it among the crowd out of big tubs. The security staff were super relaxed and funny. Why have we got it wrong at AFL games? The whole family loved the days. The Eagles beat the Redskins last minute. AFL is a great game, but attending games could be made a lot better and Australia's turned into a nanny state with way too many rules and restrictions. What do you guys think? Well, you spot on. No one's calling bullshit on bullshit. No. That's the problem here. Yeah. During the year that fight, when the fight was in the crowd, you actually said something, and I wonder if that's all connected. That anyone who fights is an asshole in American society. If you throw one punch, you're in jail. Yeah, mm. um, especially at the footy when there's kids. If you're in a boxing ring, it's a bit different. Yeah, or a gym, yeah. but like, <laughs> um, yeah, at the footy, yeah, just go enjoy it. But you know, if people are a lot of people out there are fuckwits. Have you done American sport, uh, Don? Oh yeah, I did. I sneaked over to uh, when I was there in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Went to a uh, Braves game, went over... Actually, my book, Swanee. Yeah. Uh, I've got a book too. I've got... Hey, I bought one in for you. Oh, thanks, We mate. can swap. Yeah, absolutely. And one foot beyond the podium. Yeah, oh, my first one was one foot on the podium and it won a silver medal. So when we were in Chicago getting the silver medal, which is piss funny because like, I've literally read four books in my life and I've written two of them. <laughs> I... I won this award, so we went over to get it. But when we were there, we went out and watched some games. You know what I loved about it is they actually brought out a, a sergeant who'd returned home, and they honoured him in front of the crowd. Like it was a, you know what? They're very good at that, aren't they? Like those oh, homecoming, said, like the yeah, it was veterans and stuff, and like having that. the same like Qantas Club equivalent for the veterans. Right. Like they just really take that shit seriously. Yeah, absolutely. Go, yep, well played. Uh, finally, from uh, Snurt Underpant. Snurt, a lot of Snurt. Name. That's is, not a bad name, so maybe is not. there a scarier place in the English language than when your spouse says we need to talk? Oh. No. No, it's <laughs> happened a couple of times, mate. All, all of Dottie Elgin's uh, you can get 
Don Elgin, D-O-N-E-L-G-I-N.com. And .au. .au. Yeah, throw that in there. .au. Uh, you can see some of his work on uh, YouTube and the name of his books, One Foot on the Podium, One Foot Draw on me, the Podium. Draw me joke. And to finish with... What What does a pizza boy and a gynecologist have in common? They both smell it, but they can't eat it. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.